0: Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father, who is in heaven. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than the other ninety nine that did not go astray. Even so, it is not the will of your father who is in heaven that one of those little ones should perish. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his faults between you and him alone. If he hears you Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, dear saints, grace, peace, and mercy to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ and God his Father. Well, a few weeks ago, we had in our our gospel text from Matthew, the disciples, they were out on the Sea of Galilee and they were in a boat, an ark, a ship and the storm. It was upon them. And Jesus, he came to them and he saved them. He rescued them. Well, think about this. We are all in that same boat. And in some sense, that's quite literally what it means to be part of a church. We share in common situations and tribulations. Despite our many differences, there are some important things that we all share. For example, we share in the fact that we are all going to die someday. And we have that in common with all people. And we are all sinners. That's another thing that we have in common with all people. We belong to the church because God has graciously and mercifully gathered us together, together as a church, as a congregation, together. Now, just a point of context here about that word church, because I find it interesting myself that this is the only place in scripture where Jesus himself, Paul, Peter, others, they will use the word church, but this is the only place that Jesus uses the word church himself. Church. Gathered together. And that's something that we all have in common as well with each other. And it is available for all people Although they might know that God wants them to come and gather as well as a church. We're all in this same boat. This boat we call God's church. And it's a a classic image the classic image of a church, of a ship, of an ark Noah's ark. It's a lifeboat, a rescuing lifeboat. And that's why the, the main part of the church occupied by us, the congregation, is called the nave. Did you know that? N-A-V-E. This is called the nave of the church. And it is similar to those other words that we know, like navel, not belly button, navel with a, an A, -A -A N-A-V-A-L, and Navy. Since the church is a ship, it's a boat. It's kind of a life raft, if you will. We're all in this same boat on the troubled waters of this life because God has brought us into the church, into this vessel and it's helpful for us to acknowledge that and to think about that, us being in this boat together. For example, we could reflect on what people in a lifeboat have in common. Now, the point of common ground with people and life rafts is not that they are good in any sense to be saved in some way, but rather that they need to be rescued, And I'll go back really quick to our gospel text, verse 11. And this is part of the reason why I used, and I don't know if you noticed this, but this is the new King James version of the text. Our normal ESV version omitted verse 11. I didn't like that. I wanted to bring it back in because verse 11 says, For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. And for us, those in the vessel, it's lost, lost at sea, rescued, rescued and protected from the waters of destruction. People in life rafts, well, they don't get to choose who they're going to be saved with in that rescue vessel. Because it's full of people that God Has chosen, God has adopted, God has rescued and saved, has brought in. It's full of people who need God's love, His mercy, His grace, and His forgiveness. Or to put it another way, the church is full of sinners with no exceptions. That's one of the important things that we all have in common. As a church, that we're all sinners. And if we have that in mind, we can more easily understand and take to heart what Jesus says in our gospel lesson for today. Because we shouldn't be surprised that, well, sinners sin. That's what we do. Sometimes the the sin of someone else in the church, it will be hurtful and it will be very obvious to us. And Jesus, he deals with the question of what to do when a brother or sister in Christ sins against you or you become aware of a brother or sister's sinning. Jesus, he gives this gracious approach Since we are together in this lifeboat for a long haul and no one, no one is supposed to get lost or go astray. Jesus, he provides for us a way of moving forward since we're stuck with each other and no one is supposed to fall out or be pushed out. Jesus gives a template for restoring relationships for reconciling people and his approach well it describes being proactive and has a strong bias towards forgiveness and it calls for patience and for discretion in the large catechism luther he refers to these verses when he talks about not bearing false witness against your neighbor. Luther, he understands that Jesus is ruling out and opposing all gossiping and backstabbing. He says, let this be your rule, that you should not be quick to spread slander and gossip about your neighbor, but admonish them privately so that they may amend Likewise, if someone should whisper to you what what this person has done, well, teach them. Teach them if they saw a wrongdoing to go and reprove the person in person or otherwise to just hold their tongue. An important part of graciousness here is to Maintain our brother or sister's honor while correcting them. If they listen to you, you're going to gain a brother or a sister. Then you'll have done a great and excellent work. And isn't it amazing that Jesus has put this precious healing gift, the gift of forgiveness in our hands? He leaves it up to us. Jesus is concerned for correctness, for commands, for rules, according to the law. Well, it's secondary to his concern of union with one another in him, in Christ. And that becomes obvious when we look at what he says, not only in this text, but in the text surrounding our gospel lesson for today. Because just before this teaching on what to do about a Christian brother or sister who might sin against us, Jesus, he powerfully declares how precious everyone is to his heavenly father. And just after this text, Jesus, he teaches us about forgiving without any limit, since we are forgiven beyond any measure. And then we have our text, our text for today, which starts off with this simple and quiet and gracious, this most personal approach to restoring relationships. You see that is the goal. Restoration. Forgiveness. And first we have that personal approach. Going to your brother and sister personally. And if that approach is exhausted without success then a couple of other trusted people will you may get them involved. And only if that attempt is exhausted without success is the church, the congregation involved as a whole. Remember, the goal is restoration, forgiveness, to build up, not to tear down. There's certainly no rush in that either to cut people off because we know that Gentiles, heathens, tax collectors, well, they were certainly not beyond the reach of Jesus, not beyond his forgiving love. And at the end of all the options that we can conceive, if we've exhausted them all, the point is that the door needs to remain open. Not closed. Because Jesus wants for us to always take this default position that we are brothers and sisters in Christ, in love, rather than enemies. Doors are to be opened rather than closed. Bridges are to be built up rather than fences and barriers built. If a fellow Christian sins against us, well, they are lost sheep. They have gone astray, but they are still a brother and sister in Christ, not an enemy. And forgiveness is available to them. Just as we have received forgiveness freely and richly from Christ, Forgiveness; It is available to restore relationships, to build unity and fellowship again with love, love from Jesus. Jesus, he urges us to see a brother or a sister rather than an enemy. In fact, he urges us all to see one another as we are. As sinners, as lost sheep, who are still dearly loved, who are precious to God, who are forgiven. Yes, he died for us, but he also died for them as well. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, remember that you are also sinners. We all reek with sin and sin. Death. And it's only because of our cleansing, our refreshing, the life giving effect of Jesus Christ on us that we can live together here in this congregation, in this boat. But not only can we live together in concord and harmony, but we can live together in Christ's name with love. And we can do so much more, so much more that we could even imagine ourselves, given who we are, through him. In our sinfulness, we are no different than anyone else in the church, nor are we any difference. Is there any difference between us and those outside of the church? How did Jesus deal with Sinners, heathens, tax collectors, well, with mercy, with grace, with love, with forgiveness, by saving them, by rescuing them, and by God's boundless favor. That same favor that we've been lifted into this lifeboat with as well, rescued. And this fellowship, it exists thanks to Christ's reconciling love for us. We're all in the same boat together with our Lord Jesus Christ at the helm. He's our captain. We are sinners who are freely given, forgiven for Jesus's sake. God has given us, given you the opportunity to know and to experience that life-giving love of God in Him. He honors you. He honors you as guests at His table. You are loved without limit and freely forgiven. God gives us this opportunity to show that love and forgiveness to each other so that others might see and know the wonderful and gracious gifts of God. That he is eager to share with you in love and them as well. Love. Yes, love. Dear saints, I will conclude with this. And these are Luther's comments on our epistle text today from the Romans to the Romans about love. Love for one another the love that god has for you saving love rescuing love he writes to me clearly and simply it means not as men but as christians are we under obligations our indebtedness should be the free obligation of love It should not be compulsory or law. It should not be prescribed. Love's obligation enables man to do more. More than is actually required. Love. Love your neighbor as yourself. Because we are all in this boat together. And may that bring you peace. Through Jesus Christ, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. May it keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Captain. Aye, aye, Captain. Amen. Amen.